right, let's get to it. You are listening to Building Breakaway Performers. My name is Chelsea Yule. I'm here with my dad, Mike Carrison. Today we're discussing the first of four secrets to becoming a breakaway sales performer. The first secret is the structured sales cycle. Follow along as we dive deep into what exactly that structure entails. Enjoy. If you recall, I believe that uh, a true entrepreneur and a great sales professional has to have four precise skill sets. I call them the four secrets of the breakaway sales performer. And again, I call them breakaways because they do break away from the pack. They're three, four, five hundred percent of quota. They're not in the pack, you know, the, the average performer, if you will. And I believe that the average performer has within them the ability to be breakaways if they master these four things. And the first one was the structured sales cycle, which goes all the way back to my IBM days. Something that I have worked on and tried to perfect over the years, and now I teach. I have a whole curriculum around that. And that's the number one skill, the, the absolute foundation for, I think, selling is the structure. I'm going to be taking notes. I'm literally <laughs> going to act as a student of yours because I am. So along with listeners, I'm nice. going to be learning. And I want you to just uh, act as though I am one of your students. Okay. Because that's, that's what we're doing. Let's do Let's it go. that way. Yeah. So I've got a, a classroom of one, which is really kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. A little different than a classroom of 50. So uh, I'll try hard to keep that energy level yes. high. But think about it logically. Um when you open any new relationship, whether you're in a sales call or whether you're at a party or whether you're in the back room of your church after, <laughs> after the mass is over, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're meeting someone maybe for the first time or maybe it's somebody you, that you know. But all of us, I think, want to bring our best selves to any new encounter with somebody, right? Sure. And that just goes without saying. First so, impression, yeah. Exactly. So when I think about a structure... The first part of the structure is how do I open the call? If it's a formal call, which by the way, this is altogether different than prospecting. Prospecting is another topic. We'll talk about that later. And there is a structure to that too, but it's a different type of skill set. Prospecting gives you the opportunity to make that first call or second or third or fourth or whatever it takes in your sales process. But in that first call, how do you open? If you've never met them before, slow down. Enunciate. Tell them who you are, like your name, right. <laughs> your full name, right? It's amazing how people just launch into a pitch without getting the, the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, my name is Mike Carrison. I represent a company called Mike Carrison International. And our sole purpose in life is to help sales organizations double their performance in one year with some very precise skills that they need to master. And if they do, that will be a continual effort and we'll watch companies double and triple in size mm-hmm. and we can prove it and we want you to learn it and that's why I'm here today to talk about that see I introduced myself I introduced my company and then I immediately gave them a reason to listen I have to make an impact and I don't try to do it with a script yeah. I don't try to throw a bunch of golden nugget words that are fancy and everybody's impressed with I try to be real mm-hmm. Just talk about what I know. And so I open differently depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. But I know the content so well that I can depend on myself to let it flow when it needs to. Mm-hmm. 
And some days are better than others. We all have C minus days where we really don't want to do the dang job, but we have to get up and do it. Mm-hmm. That's the mental toughness side. But but getting off to a great start wins early trust in the relationship because the, they've seen so much crap. <laughs> it's like, oh, not one more unprepared salesperson, right? Yes. This is driving me nuts. So the customer is evaluating you right out of the gate. How did you open and did you make an impact? Is there a reason for me to even listen further? Am I at least curious about what's coming next? So I think you got to practice that. I think you got to rehearse it. And I think you got to let it flow. And the ones, the good ones know how to do that. When you, on your very first real call, how many practice calls do you think you did before? Hundreds in the early days. And in my own company with my own sales teams, we did it in the car, we rehearsed mm-hmm. in the office, you know, and I would ask point blank, who's going to open this call and how are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. I wanted to know. And people would look at me like, Why, we're going to work on that? Yeah. Darn right we are. That's how you get off to a great start. How is this going to work? So I wanted to choreograph everything. Mm-hmm on those really important calls, and they're all important. That leads you to the most important part of the call, and that's questioning and listening. Some people want to call that the discovery. And questions are really powerful things if they're handled correctly and if they're asked in the right sequence. I always try to prepare what I call my starter questions. And the open-ended questions are the the questions that are what, where, why, when, how, if, could kinds of questions. They're they're there to open up a dialogue as opposed to get a singular answer, which is what a closed-ended question is all about. A closed-ended question is a question that gets usually black or white or red or green or one or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're simple responses. And you want that. You, you, de- you do need facts. You have to get facts gathered so that you kind of know where to take it. Mm-hmm. If I'm selling sales training, one of the first facts I want to know is how many sales people do you have on your team? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two. Right? Sure. It's probably not a prospect. Right. It could be, but probably not. But if they, you know, if they say 50, mm-hmm. that's a fact-finding question. It's an important fact for me to know. I like to prepare my questions, whether they're open-ended or closed-ended, as many as I can in advance. I can't think of all of them, and I'm certainly not going to be tethered directly to my questions, but I want those starter questions so that I can get things rolling with with the customer and I can do my deep dive discovery and determine whether there's a need there. And you either and you use questions to either create need or find need, and there's a difference between the two. There's a difference for sure. Um, when you find need, it, it's you get them to disclose, hey, this is we're struggling with this. We could use some help. Versus creating need, I didn't realize we were struggling with that. But you're right, we are. See, that's two different directions that you're taking the call. But the point I'm making is that questioning and listening to the answers, listening to fully understand is really important. And many sales reps go to defense quickly because they don't like the answer they got. Say more about that. Well, that's kind of where objections can show up early. But rather than trying to battle through the objections 
it's best to stay in ask mode versus tell mode. And reps who fail are talking all the time as opposed to asking really good questions like, tell me more about that. How do you mean? Can you give me an example? Why do you feel that way? Would be examples of questions that could elicit responses about what they might be objecting to. But if I'm early in the call, I'm nowhere near those questions. I'm asking questions like, in in my profession, how many salespeople do you have? Are they in territories? Do they prospect in the normal uh, knocking on door channels or are they using uh, email responses or do, are they using social media? How do they prospect today, right? Be a good example. Uh, how are they organized? Do you have sales managers? Do you have a VP of sales? Uh, what's your span of control? Is it like eight to one, 10 to one reps to each manager? What are your expectations from your manager? Uh, would be just a few examples of what I'd want to know. How, how is sales training? conducted do you do it internally do you do it externally uh, is it working if you could change something what would you change what are the outcomes you're getting do you see the true return on investment for what you're doing those are examples of questions that I would ask to, to get to the bottom of it okay. uh, so if you just think about it logically I've opened I've made an impact and I ask permission to ask them some questions just so I can Use our time wisely, learn a little bit more, and see if I can help you. And I'll, I'll usually say that. I don't know if I can help you, mm-hmm. but for sure I won't be able to help you if I don't know more about what's going on. Right. So I'd like to ask you a few questions, if that's okay. So and inevitably, they say, well, sure, what do you want to know? You know? And then now the exchange starts, and you want an exchange. Mm-hmm. You don't question, question, question. That's an interrogation. Right. But if I ask a question, and then I use a bumper question, tell me more about that. Or let me give you an example and then share my experience. Boy, ABC Company, who we did business with um, last year, had the exact same situation as you did. Let me tell you about that. Mm-hmm. See, now that's an exchange with questions kind of embedded within it. Right. The point is I'm in the questioning and listening mode of the structure. Because you think about the structure. Open, impact, questioning and listening, summarizing, meaning I'm going to respond back to you what I just learned from you. This is what I actually discovered. Do I have it all? And then that final question, is there anything I missed that you think would be really important? They could go on for another half an hour just asking that question alone. And then finally, okay, I think I've got some ideas for you. In which case, now you move into the sales presentation of the structure. And then you present ideas. Here's what I think we should do. And then you've got the trial close. What do you think about that? Does that seem to fit? Those are simple questions, mm-hmm. but it's definitely going to tell you which way the wind is blowing in that sales call. And if you're getting trade winds, great. And if you're not, then you're probably going to have something called an objection, which usually follows when you're hearing no or not yet. And I only want to hear not yet. I don't want to hear no. Mm-hmm. Then you have to then come back and ask more questions. Right? So it's almost like a cycle within a cycle when objections hit. I don't want to address the objection until I understand it. Right. And the only way I can understand it is to ask questions about it. Right. I see that we're not aligned on this, or, or you have a different opinion about that, or this worked but that didn't work, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Express it back and then ask a question about it. How, how did you draw that conclusion? Why do you think so? Mm-hmm. I want to know, even if it's bad news. Because I can't address it at all unless I really know what's going on. So 
inside of the sales cycle, this, this oval that I have in my mind, I also have questions that address objections. I can't address the objection until I know what it really is. So I ask questions, I summarize, I present an answer to the objection, and I overcome it. That's, it's just that simple. So, uh, and that's a loop, you know, and you've got to knock them all off until you finally get to the point where you're into the closing cycle. And the closing cycle, quite frankly, is, I think, the easiest part of the call. So back to the early stage. You've opened, you've introduced yourself and your company, you've made an impact. You know, you don't just dive into the discovery. I mean, you're not, I mean, <laughs> this is a new relationship. You can talk about something, whether are you a Vikings fan or a Green Bay Packer fan, particularly mm. in Minnesota, Wisconsin accounts, yeah. right? Something, but but you don't have to be sugary and sappy and stupid about it. <laughs> but just be conversational, be a real person. <laughs> you're still working in that structure. That structure is still holding the call together for you, mm-hmm. but you're really being yourself. And that comes across as authentic, and people will trust that. Sure. They don't feel sold. They feel, I got a partner here that's trying to dig it out with me. That's a completely different approach. But the minute you get into structure that's memorized mm-hmm. and canned, that's a nightmare. Yeah. And customers, not only are they embarrassed for you, <laughs> right, because you look like an idiot, mm-hmm. but they want you out fast. Yeah. Yeah. And so that early trust goes right down the drain. Right. So the discovery is probably 80% of the call. And when you think about questions, if you're a subject matter expert, and so are they, then you can talk on that subject forever. And the power of the question alone and the depth and breadth of a question alone about their circumstance showcases your knowledge. If your questions are stupid and superficial, mm-hmm. then they know that you're a rookie and you haven't yeah. done anything. You have no back wheel. You have no way to share your back wheel. Um, so there's different call situations, but the structure works for all of it. And then those questions flow, answers come, you make a presentation. And your presentation, there's lots of ways to present. You can either present verbally by addressing their concerns and issues and problems with your products and services. You can do a show and tell. You can do a demonstration. You can do a formal presentation. There's no one way to present. It's what does the environment require? If I got a group of people, I'm probably going to present. Sure. But I'm still going to use the structure. You don't walk in with a bunch of PowerPoints and they're sitting at a table and you're going to just start spewing your products and services. No, you open, you make an impact. You demonstrate in advance what it is that we're going to learn today. So it's almost a preview of what's coming. And then you actually get into the presentation. But before you present a solution, you summarize, once again, what happened in the last call when we were together. Here were the, These were the questions I asked. These are the things that I learned. Let's go back and review that. Mm-hmm. Now they're on the same page. And if, the, and if you're not, you can address it right there. Then you present. And now you're showcasing how you're going to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. And that's where there's going to be a lot. Of, and, and it's interactive. It's, it's presentations are not one way. Right. So I always, in a formal presentation, tell the customer, I want you to stop me along the way and ask whatever questions you have. And, every, and all questions 
are um, 100% needed and required and invited. Mm-hmm. Um, so please put them forward. And that builds unity. It's not a presentation. It's a discussion that's presented with facts behind it. Mm-hmm. It's a different approach. It's interactive. And it's really important to handle it that way for a good salesperson. And like I said, objection handling is all about listening, really listening to understand. Mm-hmm. If I don't agree with you, the last thing you want is a fight. You don't you don't get in a fight with your customer. <laughs> yeah. You're a dummy. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you how why would you think that? Mm-hmm. You know, here's all this wonderful evidence I just gave you. Can't you see it? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The dog doesn't like the dog food. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's got Purina on the bag or not. They don't want it. <laughs> right. Right? So it's your responsibility to find out why okay. and that's where the probing and the, you know, those deep questions are so important I prepare a lot of them in advance and I try to do it by industry hmm. so if I'm in the uh, machine tool industry then I'm going to shape a lot of my questions around CNC machine tools what they do do you use software integration do you train as part of your service do you integrate robotics that's because I know that machine tool industry quite well. Mm-hmm. So the power of my questions, hopefully the customer saying, wow, this, Mike's good. Mike knows, he knows exactly. I'm in the hands of a professional here that knows yeah. what, what he's talking about. So you have to adapt and shape that to the industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. Or at least the application you're in. It might be multiple industries. So the copier industry, mm-hmm. well, every industry in the world has a copier. Right. But it's how it's applied that you have to be an expert on, right. how it's used in any organization. Mm-hmm. And if you are a subject matter expert, you're going to know what to ask, right. right? And so those questions then get shaped in accordance with those particular applications. But there it is. It's, it's not that hard, but it's missed. Mm-hmm. Strong open, make an impact, be conversational. You're not doing Hamlet, but you're also not going to be stilted and shy and right yeah and too overly structured you got to be somewhat animated you got to bring some energy mm-hmm. then ask great questions those questions lead to a solution that's starting to form that you've dug out with the customer and then you summarize this is what i think i heard you say am i right have i missed anything that you think is important mm-hmm. boom when you think you got it then all right i got some ideas for you here's here's what i'd like to propose we do next mm-hmm. And you either propose right there with a solution, a presentation, sales presentation, or you schedule one that involves other people because they might need to be involved. It depends on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Then you present. But anytime you present, you always summarize first. Sure. This is the journey we're on. This is what I learned so far. And then you move into the trial close to see which way the wind's blowing. What do you think? Will this fit? Does this work? Does this meet your expectations? would be typical questions in a trial close. Mm-hmm. And I like to say things like, in your opinion, will this work? It's amazing how if you ask for their opinion about your idea, they'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. If you ask for a, if you make a direct statement, will this work, as opposed to in your opinion, mm-hmm. will this work, you're going to get a completely different response. It's amazing. It works every time. <clears throat> I want to know the truth, how they really feel. So I ask for their opinion. Mm-hmm not their commitment. There's a difference. It's softer. And then I deal from there. But um, if I'm tracking, I usually know back here in the discovery phase 
if we're really clicking and they're and they're disclosing fully and I'm addressing it and I'm asking good questions there's buying signals that are happening right there mm-hmm. and it usually comes the order is just a matter of time yeah so then you move into the closing side of the call which is the last segment of the call and that's very natural I got a whole section in the, in the book on this mm-hmm. and the entire structure is in the book yeah so I think breakaway sales when, when people read the book and get the book and you combine it with some of these podcasts, you're going to have a heck of a nice curriculum to mm-hmm. kind of study this. Yep. The book goes a long way in developing that. Yep. The structure is there. So you're going to get kind of the tools. But the use of the tools, it's like anything. You, you can give me a hammer and a nail, but if, if I'm not a good carpenter, I'm not going to build anything, yep. right? right? So you got to learn how to use the tools. Mm-hmm. And this is what this dialogue can help you. One of the places particularly difficult for me is transitioning from um, opening the call, super conversational, friendly. I almost rely too much on my personality to close a deal because we go through, I'll be with a customer for three hours and then it's time to, to jump into the closing cycle and this switch gets flipped and I feel like I, I become a salesperson in that moment. Going for the throat now? Kind of, and and I don't know how to become a closer without making them feel like, (laughs) whoa, where did Chelsea go? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so that's again um, a skill, Mm -hmm. a learned skill. So for me, I take an assumptive approach. I don't like a hard close, I take an assumptive approach. Okay. So as I come through the cycle, good opening and so on, questions, make my presentation, and now it's time to close. Mm Um, in your in your environment, for example, when you're doing remodels mm-hmm. in a home, you got a, a husband and wife team many times that are at the table making that decision in your particular environment, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So in that case, uh, well, you summarize before you close too. We've come a long way. I've I've learned a lot. I I couldn't be more excited about helping you. I know I can. Mm-hmm. And we've had a really good discussion here. Um, and unless there's more that you want to talk about. I would love to get you started as a customer. And in order to do that, there's some paperwork involved, and I, I hope you're ready to take that step. And then shut up. Because yeah. the next person that talks kind of loses. Mm-hmm. So you've earned the right to do that, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about it. If you've done your job, done it well, and there's really a need, you have discovered it, and you're going to solve it, then I think you've earned the right to ask. And most of the time, people are eager. Yeah, let's just do this, mm-hmm. you know. And and those are fun, right? But they don't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get the oh boy, because and so the four reasons that people don't buy. If you remember those, mm-hmm. no trust. That's right. Why don't I trust you? Because you don't even know how to open a call for one thing. <laughs> Number two, you flubbed every question you asked, and those questions weren't weren't even pertinent to the situation, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't see anything in your presentation that solves my problem. So I don't trust you, right? Right. Or I trust you. I think you're really working hard here and I like you. And I could probably work with you, but I don't, I don't have a need. I, I mean, I just don't need that. Right. I can do this on my own in, in terms of bathroom remodels or kitchen remodels or family room remodels that you know, in the business that you were in. I think I got a better way to do this. Would maybe as another response, mm-hmm. or yeah, the timing not be right, or gosh, I'm real. I'm, 
little worried about finances and how to pay for this. Uh, give us some time to think about it. So that's the that's the no trust, no need, no help. I have a need, but I don't see. I don't think we're gonna be able to do this. This, yeah. this isn't helping me. And then finally, no hurry. And the no hurry is really tough, a tough one because when someone says, "I'm just not ready to make a decision tonight," is that true, or are they just scared? Right. And that's where a sales rep needs to be vulnerable and be willing to. Okay, I see you holding back. Just talk to me. It's okay. You you can say no. Mm-hmm. I just want to know what's on your mind. Yeah. That's a vulnerable, open-ended question, and usually people will respond favorably to that. Yeah. We have a ton of templates mm-hmm. in a field handbook, which you were kind enough to help me develop. But all the templates that support the structure are there. So, so even writing this impact statement. Absolutely. I so I have a pre-call worksheet mm-hmm. template mm-hmm. that could, it's, it's beautiful because mm-hmm. you can just walk through, you can keep them in the car mm-hmm. before you, and you can walk right through that template and it walks you right through the structure Yeah. so that you can actually have a movie in your head and you wrote the screenplay on that pre-call worksheet Yeah. and you can actually play out that movie in your head. So it's, I call that foresight. Mm-hmm. You can see yourself doing this call right. before it's even done. And then you've got what I call insight, meaning I'm in the call with you and we're going through this, but I've been here before many, many times. I have insight as to what's going on and I know exactly how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And then finally you have what I call hindsight. That's what's so powerful about the structure. I can now go back and critique. I can grade my own paper. Mm-hmm. How did I open? Did I ask the right questions? Did I present well? Did I handle the objections? Where were my mistakes? Right. So if I got an unhealthy outcome, there's probably a reason. And that structure will help you to diagnose that mm-hmm. and to really tear it apart. So it's a great tool. And yes, we have all kinds of wonderful templates that in the handbook, which is downloadable and free. It's, yep. it's, it's beautiful stuff and it's free. You download it as a companion with the book. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a heck of a learning model. And if yep. you throw the podcast in there with it, you can do some really great reviews. Right. Awesome. Well, I think... We done? I think we're done. I think we're done for today. Let's call it. Um, This was awesome. I I feel like there's so much we could still talk about. Oh, this this is a subject I could talk about forever. And (laughs) of course, we plan on doing that. Yes. Um, Anyway, this was great. Lunch is ready. We should go eat. Oh, I love it. I am ready to eat. And I think we earned our keep today. Absolutely. All right, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you learned something. I know I definitely did. Um, And I hope you come back Monday for our next one-on-one discussion. Have a wonderful rest of your day.